Happy New Year, listeners. Before we get started, here's a word from our sponsor. Vermont College of Fine Arts MFA in Film offers a two-year student-designed project-driven graduate program of professional mentorships for your scripts, fiction, and nonfiction filmmaking, as well as hybrid and transmedia projects. It's exciting, affordable, and intense. Refine your creative vision as you develop intensely personal stories in an independent practice. Visit vcfa.edu slash film to learn more. Oh, and here's a fair warning. We cussed a little bit in this episode. All right, let's get started. It took us a while to know what it was and what we were doing. How do we describe ourselves? We're like comedians, but dancers, but dancers, but we're comedians. Still, I still don't know how to talk about it when people are like, so what do you do? I'm like, um, I mean, I do a lot. I some, I mean, I'm an act. I have a dance comedy. <laughs> it sounds stupid. It's really stupid. It's so stupid. It's really funny. I don't know. Welcome to She Does Podcast. I'm Sarah Ginsberg. And I'm Elaine Sheldon. And today, we'd like to introduce you to the talented trio of women that make up Cocoon Central Dance Team, a New York-based comedy troupe that has performed for the Upright Citizens Brigade, MoMA, PS1, and The Pit. They've opened for Broad City Live and for the opening ceremony of the 2013 New York City Marathon. They've been backup dancers for Hush Hush and performed at Showgasm with John Early. And when we spoke to them, they were rehearsing for their performance at Cast Party. And welcome to Cast Party. We have the best shows here. Radio Lab! Which is a live podcast festival in New York. This isn't in the bit at no, all. This isn't. But also sent via satellite to hundreds of movie theaters across the U.S. and Canada. Three people made of liquid joy. Cocoon Central Dance Team! Okay, so let's just have you first go around and introduce yourselves. Me first? Okay, my name is Tally Medell. I'm Sunita Mani. And I'm Eleanor Pianta. Together, Tally, Sunita, and Eleanor write, choreograph, dance, make videos, and perform live under Cocoon Central Dance Team. But they also do work independently. Tally's been moving on up in the independent film world with roles in Nathan Silver's Uncertain Terms and Stinking Heaven. So I don't know. This clip is from Uncertain Terms, currently streaming on Netflix. And I'm not, I'm not gonna find out because I don't know any of them enough for it to be. Um, future um so i guess i'll find out once this person is you know looks like a human i'll be able to be like oh there you are when i meet your dad and she starred in joy kevin winning a 2014 award from no budge for best female performance currently tally is collaborating with dan salad a director who she says is the reason she has a career he casts her in his 2012 feature the unspeakable act a starring role that he wrote specifically for Tally. You can also see her in music videos, short films, web series, and on TV. Last year, she had a role in Inside Amy Schumer. Okay, Daisy, back at daycare. Is, oh. is your dog dead? Yeah, they just put her down at the pound about a month ago, and I was like, I'll take her. I was just doing what any hero would do, but she's my hero. Sunita's experience has mostly been in improv, coming up in the Upright Citizens Brigade. She's also been in numerous short films and music videos. Turn down for what? Most notably, DJ Snake and Lil Jon's Turn Down For What, which was directed by Daniels, nominated for a 2015 Grammy, and took home a 2014 MTV Award for Best Direction. If you haven't seen this music video, you must. Sunita falls through ceilings and moves it like a true boss. Most recently, she landed a role in the popular USA Network TV series, Mr. Robot. 
You may have seen Eleanor in indie films such as Bad at Dancing or Seven Chinese Brothers, where she plays Jason Schwartzman's boss at a quick lube. She also starred in See You Next Tuesday, directed by Drew Tobia, where she plays Mona, an odd pregnant young woman who disrupts the lives of her recovering alcoholic mother and crude gay sister during a nervous breakdown. Oh, Mona. Yeah, she is a little strange. She's just like that. It's been a hard pregnancy. She's absolutely incredible in this role. Saw mom yesterday. Yikes. That woman is a monster. (laughs) (laughs) When's the last time you went to the doctor? Mom, women have been shitting out babies for like a million years without doctors. Eleanor just wrapped production on the upcoming comedy titled A Bad Idea Gone Wrong. The film is written and directed by our friend Jason Headley. But when she's not acting in indie films and performing with Cocoon, she's making online short sketch comedy videos. And in 2014, she even did a one-woman show called Happy. The show interweaved live performance, dance, improv comedy, and video to mock and celebrate pop culture. I guess the real neat thing about art is that it's got a hold in power. But Tally, Sunita, and Eleanor, their work as a trio, as Cocoon Central Dance Team, is what we'll focus on today, because they truly are a talented, gut-busting, absurd outfit-wearing, glitter-throwing, dance-until-you-laugh-until-you-cry group of women. And the music you'll hear in today's episode is by the Daddios. Tune in next week to meet this duo, both named Kylie and both based in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They'll surely steal your heart. Cocoon Central Dance Team's story starts at Emerson College in Boston. It was freshman year when Eleanor first crossed paths with Sunita. I met Sunita first before I met Tally. And it's funny because she was obviously really cool. And That's on the record? Is that recorded? <laughs> Henry, did you get that? Oh, I think he it. actually okay. just stopped recording for a minute, so I'm going to carry on. <laughs> oh, I guess you have to repeat it. Sunita's like, okay, you know? And so I saw her in the hall, and I was like, who's this bitch? And it was a little bit like, hmm, who are you? And it was crazy because it did feel, for me, it felt like, once we were getting to know each other, we spoke the same language, which was mm-hmm. sometimes not English. Yeah, we were really nonsensical friends, which was great. That's Sunita. I think we all lived in like a play world with each other and like fell in love with each other pretty instantly. Where um, it was just like, oh, oh, great. Oh, here you are. Yeah. Like you can, we can just dive in and not need to explain it. Yeah, totally. Have you had friends like that before or is this kind of... I didn't have any friends at all. (laughs) (laughs) And that's Tally. When I um, went to Emerson, I didn't even think about when I was leaving my hometown about the fact that I'd have to make new friends. So then the first day I got to college, I was like, oh shit, I don't have any friends. (laughs) I didn't even think about that like having to happen. But we were just there at an amazing time. There were such great Mm -hmm. people there. Also, to be in comedy groups, you're you're outnumbered by boys. Mm-hmm. It was nice to have like three solid friendships with women. That um, three, I was friends <laughs> with myself too. You're amazing I would, I, in that way. <laughs> After graduating from Emerson in 2008, Sunita and Eleanor moved to New York and lived with their friend Katie. Tally was back in Boston, finishing up a semester of teaching for her theater education degree. We all lived in New York in this an apartment that was like not furnished, and we had 
a lot of free time on our hands because we were like still finding jobs and stuff. Myself and Katie, Eleanor was still in school. We just would dance to like keep ourselves happy and have fun. And it was like a sad thing, but it was also really fun to live together and like fuel ourselves by like joy. We had this big, beautiful brick wall and like no furniture and we like hosted parties and one of them was this open mic for Eleanor's birthday. The whole night was like taken very seriously, I'm with quotes. <laughs> like we put a mic to a broom handle and everyone like brought an act and we like made it a welcome dance. It should be noted it was our dance was to Kate Bush's Hounds of Love the, that night. Nat Towson and Bob Walls, friends from college and originators of a popular variety show style comedy night in Brooklyn called The Moon, were in attendance that night. They approached Sunita and Eleanor with an idea. You know what? You should do this like on a stage. You should do it for like The Moon. You should be like the house dancers. So the girls thought, why not? And they got to work on a new routine. All right, please welcome my favorite part of the show, Kapoor! We worked really hard on it, and it was really good. I mean, it was, you know, it was no Hounds of Love, which we just threw together like an hour before. And we all have a background in dance. So we made a really good dance. So then they were like, oh, great. And yeah. we're like, do you want to do another one? It was great. It, like, it was they set us up. organic. Where'd the name come from? The first dance we did, the beginning position, Katie, Sunitha, and myself were clumped in this little group, little cocoon. We just named every dance after that, that we did for the moon, something with cocoon in the title, with this idea of kind of like a high school dance team. We just cocoon central dance team. A few months later, in January of 2009, Tally moved to New York City, and she arrived just in time for Cocoon's second show at the Moon. So it was Eleanor, Sunita, Katie, and Tally, performing as a foursome for six or seven months. Then Katie moved upstate to attend massage school, making Cocoon's central dance team a trio once again. And they've remained that way since. Can you guys describe how your personalities differ and work with each other? And I'm the strong one. I'm really the nerd. I'm the bitch. <laughs> um, well. Yeah, I'm so sorry. What was the question? Our personalities. Oh, what are they? Like, why do you guys work together? Why? Oh. No, I think, I mean, for me, I w would always hold Tally and Sunitha probably on such a high pedestal of being so funny and very much themselves on stage. And that was so thrilling to me. I think in a lot of ways I was very shy about performing, even though I want to do it and love doing it and when I'm doing it, it's just heaven. I was shy on stage. And so I think a lot of why I love to collaborate with them, number one is like speaking the same language and playing and, and being accepted. You do something stupid and they don't look at you like, you're stupid. It's just like, oh, great. Okay, and then what if it's this and it's this other stupid idea? You know, yeah. and it's, then it becomes genius art. 
Each of Cocoon's members have different sensibilities, therefore bringing different strengths to the table. And this became even more apparent when they were in the studio, choreographing routines and just playing around. They realized that these exchanges in the studio during rehearsal were gold, and they began to play around with the idea of bringing them to their audiences, separate from their live performances. And this is how Cocoon's rehearsal came to be. It's a series of videos, usually under five minutes, set in one place, most of the time in their studio space, featuring Tally, Eleanor, and Sunita as their heightened selves. Hey Sunita, nice moves. Hey Eleanor, rice grooves. <laughs> Episodes are roughly outlined and based on real experiences. Because they keep it inside one room, a simple box, anything, extraordinary things can happen. With each member spearheading an episode, their comedic preference shines through. And Tally, she's more into the gory, disturbing bits. Hey guys, who am I? <laughs> Michael Jackson? Madeline Albright, on a good day. <laughs> this episode of rehearsal is called Blood, and it starts out with the girls just goofing around in the studio. Tally tells a few dumb jokes, and they become so funny to Eleanor and Sunita, they literally begin spitting up blood. direct your funny like in any particular direction you have to just like let it land in like a soft focus around the room where you can hurt someone you have to untrain your beams like just let them fall it's like like let them land you just let them land and i know that i've always been the funniest person in the room Eleanor's baby baby reporter, I feel like, is really particular to only she could ever do that, and it's like one of my favorite characters ever. And then, well, it's just because she's it's <laughs> because she knows a lot of stuff, and so when she talks to people, she can really understand. <laughs> I'm sitting here live, just trying to get an interview with a couple dancers. So tell me how long you've been dancing for. Um, long long time since I was a uh, three. Wow, can you even believe what you just saw and heard? With your eyes and your, and your ears and your heart? That was Tally Medell and Sunitha Mani talking and dancing. Wow, what a thrill. 
Sunitha, I feel like, is the one who can bring like the dance film parody in a way that I wouldn't think to. I feel like Bouncing is very particular to like what Sunitha thinks is funny. Um, hey, aren't you Tall Baby in 3.0? Who wants to know? Chill. I'll get out of here. Hold up. Those moves? They yours? Yeah, it's just messing. Yeah, they're messed up. No, they're messed up. You should stick around. Cool. And I could be wrong, and maybe I'm just like... I don't know. It's really exciting to hear you, you individualize us, because we often don't. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like a, we are very different, and we have like a very similar sensibility, too, and, and that makes it fun to like check and balance in the nuance. In the studio, if we're making a dance, it's so improvised. It's like we're just moving, and then we look, and somebody does something, we're like, oh, yeah, and then the two others do that, and then we add on. The whole idea behind rehearsal was... Oh my God, so many funny, stupid things happen when we're actually trying to make a dance. But then we write them down and make video. Tally, take it from here. That was great. When you're a comedian in New York City and you're doing all these endless variety shows and there's so much fun, and then you see someone like get a write-up on Slate and you're like, wait a second, why didn't I get a write-up on Slate? And it's because there's, if you don't have something to show for all the work that you've been doing that nobody knows that you exist outside of that one night that you did a good job. So having like an internet presence is really important. You guys mentioned context of comedy and like giving that, like having the constraint. For people who are listening who don't know the context of comedy in New York City, can you describe to us, especially from a woman's perspective, what comedy is like in New York and why you're here doing it and how that affects what you're doing. There are definitely like the institutions like UCB and the Pit and and the Magnet. I felt like I didn't quite fit into to those um, like like going through the UCB thing and like the improv world is very um, somehow like established where, where you'd think it wouldn't be because it's improv and it's it's a little bit yeah it's improv and it's a little bit hard to explain if you're not there and and that it could be a professional outlet or something there is this drive I mean obviously in New York anywhere you go any world you're in it's competitive mm-hmm. um, but kind of just getting to do what we get to do Mm-hmm. And that's it? Like, that. oh, we're in the comedy world. Cool. Yeah. Oh, we're in the dance world. Cool. You know, like, I mean, it wasn't, it, there wasn't necessarily a goal of, mm-hmm. like, this is what we're going to do. This is what the reaction we want. It's just like, this is what makes us laugh. And the response that we get a lot of times is, that was so much fun. I didn't know what I was watching, but I was filled with joy. Or, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's great, because that's, when when we make this, that's kind of our goal is just to make ourselves laugh and yeah. delight ourselves yeah. and stay true. I mean, and we are we do have standards and we do set boundaries, et cetera, only sometimes to then cross those boundaries and, you know, set up rules and then break the rules and then find new rules. Having our own thing was really empowering 
especially like as three women and and being physical and and like being weird and and smart or you know all these things that we get feedback about is like really cool uh, what yeah. has the feedback been? Yeah, How's it curious. been received? Because I read somewhere that you're technically very strong, oh and God. that's sort of the that's that's what they were saying. They were like they're technically we'll strong, the but they're playing, <laughs> but they're playing with the form, and that's what makes it so strong. Is that you know what you're doing, but you sort of throw it all out the window to do something else. Well, and how has it been received? Well, sometimes that shows definitely people have not laughed, which is fine. It's mm-hmm. always very funny once we get backstage and we're like, oh my God, we just were kicking for three minutes and nobody laughed at us. So it's kind of <laughs> yeah, like doing a stand-up set and people not really laughing, except that you were also like trying a backbend. And so it's like doubly humiliating. So that's always something. But you yeah. got each other. Yeah. 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 Sure. So like, we're like, well, I thought it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, I think yeah. we're our pro- we're probably our worst critics. Yeah, agree. which Which is actually great. I mean, I think my, my whole qualm with the, the comedy scene is that audiences aren't critical enough. And then in the art scene, you know, there needs to be more laughter. There needs to yeah. be a little loosening up. And so I think we're hypercritical of ourselves and taking what we think, what other people think, and flexing muscles to either fix it or not if nothing's broken. Like, And we get to decide what is valuable. Criticism. Criticism. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Valuable speaking and what is valuable speaking. We can't talk about <laughs> criticism. <laughs> We do sometimes after sets when like no one laughs or or it's just like we can't feel people. And then it's the fear that it didn't come across like the nuance didn't come across. Like the joke is that it is both sincere and and mocking like certain technique or dance because we are technically like not as trained as like a ballet dancer. Yeah. um, Or a modern dancer. So the fear that it's just like. (laughs) Oh, that was just bad. Yeah, is is yeah. sometimes creeps up where because <laughs> the veil could it seems so thin sometimes between like I I guess irony and sincerity, which yeah. is what we like. The thing that like feels the most critical that makes me feel like the most vulnerable is when we get YouTube comments that are like, "That was pretty funny." I'm usually the one who says girls aren't that funny or like they're so hot or like, oh, my God, who's your favorite? She's my she's the most hot. The other two not as hot. Like we get so many fucking douchebag comments that are make me feel so angry. And I guess that's just like that's just being a woman all the time every day. But also like on. Yeah, that's the thing. I think that the things that actually make me the most upset is like well-intentioned people who are just talking about the fact that we're women which sucks In 2012, Hakun Central Dance Team released a video shot by their friend Alex Fisher that features a choreographed run around Gowanus in Brooklyn it gained some traction, and it was followed on a blog by a person from New York Roadrunners, a nonprofit that puts on over 100 events each year, including the New York City Marathon. So Tally, Eleanor, and Sunita were asked to pitch an idea for a performance at the 2012 Marathon, which takes place on the first Sunday in November. And sure enough, they got it. But in late October of 2012, Hurricane Sandy devastated the city. 
and the marathon was canceled. But Cocoon was invited back in 2013. They were given a budget and access to dancers and pretty much free reign to do whatever they pleased. First order of business, order those signature blue unitards that have become a Cocoon Central Dance Team staple. It was a huge learning curve. Oh my we God. really, really learned so much about having to pay people and how to, um, I mean. How to we, direct. Yeah, and uh, how to be confident. Dancers. Yeah, how to direct dancers and how to be confident in our skills and, and to, as comedians versus dancers and as dancers. But like we're, and we had like, people in there who were like professional dancers and like, okay, who's going to do a backflip? Because it's not us. Now let's welcome a special video and live performance from a unique comedic dance group that performs on the variety circuit right here in New York, the Cocoon Central Dance Team. But like going into the room with New York Roadrunners and being like, okay, so our concept is, mm, this is insane. we are three runners and like pitching ourselves in like a boardroom where they're like, they're like, who, the who are, are you? Were you wearing, were you in costume? No, so we <laughs> built that in because this is the first time we had a budget. Yeah. We're like, okay, we need to get those unitards <laughs> with the hoods. Yeah, we've Thank been you. waiting our whole yeah. lives. There's discount dance catalog. I would always put my finger on the woman with a blue full body unitar with only her face showing. We were just like, okay, we've got all this money how about we get these tarts <laughs> finally and then also we're like we need fireworks along the sides we need to be brought like harnessed to a helicopter for the finish um chariots of fire needs to play but like we couldn't even afford like the rights to the song Wow, dancing with a difference there cocoon central dance team well they've created that special performance especially for the marathon opening ceremony now, Carrie, there's so much fun coming. The team's I love how Cocoon holds strong to their roots, no matter the arena. Yes, sometimes they feel a little goofy, but this is what they do. And they can laugh about it, but keep doing it anyway. In the months leading up to the marathon, they attended meetings with others involved in putting on the event. In one meeting, they were told to wait outside. They were brought in a bit later, after other business was being taken care of. And Chacha was there, right? Is Peter oh, Chacha? yeah, <laughs> like a head of the head of New York Roadrunners. His name is Peter Chacha <laughs> was there and we hadn't met him yet. We'd only been with the dudes who were so on our sides. So we like come in late to this meeting and it's like a big boardroom. Everybody's really stressed out because they have so much technical aspect to fit in of like all the cameras because it's going to be, you know, it's broadcast. It's the opening ceremony for the marathon. And then it was interrupted. Corey, like at one point was like, sorry, <laughs> ladies, um, this is what you needed. Right. And held up a printout from Discount <laughs> dance catalog of a woman in a blue unit <laughs> doing a leap and we were like yeah that's that's what we're spending your money on that we're that's gonna take one. some money out of your budget to buy those they're 70 dollars each thank well, you so much talk about how as you been taken more seriously does that take any of the fun out of it like when you have to talk business and budget yeah I'd say but, no. Oh, but it's wow. half of it. Like, you can't continue doing it. what you're doing, right? Like, how do you guys make money with this? Exactly. Yeah, well, the good question. It's, if you have any answers, <laughs> I would love them. It's, it's getting... podcast for free, so I got nothing for you. <laughs> oh. I think it's, it's putting in the work so that yeah. people then do want to give us money to continue to do the work. I love asking for what we want i love it i love being like can we do that though because 
what what else are we like this is what we're doing <laughs> and it was the learn the learning curve of the marathon helped a lot because yeah, that definitely. was that was yeah first first time new territory but like this with the cast party stuff too it's great to have like a budget and think of yourself as you know they want you to be there yeah, yeah, and yeah. you want to be there too yeah and like everyone's working really hard for you and you're working really hard like it's so rewarding I guess the reason that I said no at first is just because like arts administration is like not why you get into art <laughs> and so it is like so much to learn and why you're like oh god I just wish we had a manager who could have this conversation for us um, but the hard work part is exciting because this is at least we're talking about you know slapping our thighs with our hands and like you know wearing a whole bunch of fake hair like that's what we get to be arguing about instead Mm -hmm. of like working on a show that we don't care about do you find yourself doing weird odd side jobs to make money i I, you sold ice cream i read that somewhere yeah i quit that a couple summers ago and just recently i was (laughs) i was on set and they hired that they hired the ice cream (gasps) truck that i worked for and i was like full circle full circle (laughs) i'm on this side i remember when i was working these jobs specifically where you're just paid to be there on Mm -hmm. set and everyone orders a fucking sunday so it's like sundays are hard they're so hard Mm -hmm. and like i remember being sore like my forearm like my party trick was to like show you the bigger forearm muscle in my right hand than in my left hand because i jerked off so much (laughs) hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) but it was just like so so like i just felt really great to be on the other side and it's like not even did you go talk to him be like i was you you could be i did i was like is this uh is this the eagle yeah eagle Broken side mirror, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's like it was. It was really. It was great, Aww. but it, it's nice to be able to, yeah. Progress. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I I just babysit. <laughs> I babysat, and then worked. She was it. fired. And I ba- I was fired <laughs> because I lost the baby. <laughs> I don't know where she is. Small. <laughs> she's so small. You know, I think she's in Boston now. Um, pose for an artist. Nikki. No. Shaky. Shake, more like yeah. shaky. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's usually just my face. Although, actually, we're friends. I used to babysit her kids. Um, and so then I get to just sit, and she paints me. And actually, no, I did do it naked a couple times because she likes painting skin. And I was like, I've got some of that. Let me show you. She said, no, 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 no. Put your clothes back on. And I'm like, uh, uh, uh. Come to mommy. And she was like, okay, I think you need to leave. And so I don't pose for her anymore. Fired again. <laughs> Fired again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I work as a barista at a bakery. Mm-hmm. Um, today, my friend in Atlanta was like, do you want to go read off-camera lines for camera on the wrapper for $200? And I was like, yeah, but I didn't. But like so stuff like that. that the the dance team is your top priority because each of you are talented actresses you know you overlap with projects with each other but is this the number one thing and and where do you where do you want it to go or where do you see it going it sucks that it it is kind of money driven where it's like yeah we're gonna take that 
commercial thing or that or that feature or that. And these opportunities are they're not like coming in every day. But like it's definitely happened for all of us at different points. Like the trio has had to forego some kind of opportunity because one of us was like on set for something else. And almost 100 percent of the time we have to go with like whatever the individual is going to benefit from because ultimately that's going to do more for each of our careers. People know about Cocoon so largely from, um, say, the Turn Down For What music video or um, either me or Eleanor's reel or like Eleanor being able to talk about it when she goes to film festivals. So I don't know. It's kind of like a mutual The stronger thing. the yeah. individuals are, the stronger yeah. the group becomes. But I think that ideally we each have like longevity in our careers as as actors and as comedians and cocoon is something that we can always come back to and maybe also like we we really want to make a feature together and like there's yeah. a tv special that we're working on and um i would love to go on a tour because like this group is like far and away my favorite collaboration i've ever had and I, it's so rewarding mm-hmm. and it's like just a dream come true we get to do the most insane things yeah. because we, we love stage spectacles things. Mm -hmm. And we get to do it together. Yeah, like you get to ask as a dance team for like, you know, a thousand, ten thousand sequins on stage. Whereas like, I'm not going to do that as an actor when I'm on set in an indie. Moving forward, the troupe dreams of doing more dialogue driven acts because they feel slightly limited by choreography alone. I think it's really, it's really fun, you know, like seeing both Tally and Sunitha do their own material and it's just so <laughs> like starkly themselves <laughs> it's really exciting you know it's it, it's exciting to have your own voice and then have a, a collaborative voice as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I think that also helps in in making films where it's a huge collaboration and yes there are roles but what's particularly fun about independent films is you get to feel like part of the big picture you have a creative voice you're playing around with that character and you can help the whole project become better. So, I mean, Cocoon has been incredibly helpful in so many ways. Sometimes it does feel like you're limited in like certain moments of like, it's honestly like as like minute as like, we should have done a kick there. It would have (laughs) been funnier. So you do feel like compromised, but so you do feel like the 33% and then other times it's like, 300% 300% because oh, absolutely. like yeah. all yeah. of us are like <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. yeah and usually that's in the kind of. in the performance it's like oh yeah, yeah. couldn't have been better best of both worlds <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so I think I think the reason Sarah wanted you guys on the show and I did I too be in the group is we have never interviewed women together oh. which makes for a challenging process for editing but yeah. it's, we couldn't we couldn't um you can't interview you guys separate. like you're such a you're such a team but and you're such a great um i don't know position against what the media likes you to believe about women and how we collaborate um mm-hmm. and i'm wondering if you can maybe touch on that and what you're trying to represent to other women out there um about collaboration and also, if there's ever a moment, like, the hardest moments you've had together. Because I know, like, sometimes two people can grow closer than three. And, like, how do you make sure that all the bonds stay mm-hmm. good? Yeah. God. Oof. I think that's a great question. I think because it, we've known each other for, like, ten years. And we've all changed. We've all grown. Um, 
I'll speak um, honestly. About, mm-hmm. My dad passed away, and that changed everything. And it certainly changed my relationship to Cocoon and to everything, 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 everything mm-hmm. changes. And that was terrifying. And what was so exciting and what I'm super proud of is being able to understand the creative gain in working with these two people who I love and there was no shortage of that um, and being like you know what this is so hard I don't want to talk to them <laughs> yeah. but I'm going like this is worth it I believe in what we're doing and that's so exciting and that's like um, I appreciate your patience with that time for me and I appreciate myself too <laughs> of yeah. just like being able to kind of detach and I have to constantly check in with myself sometimes when those moments of like hear me I'm what about my kick like Tally was saying like listen to my the kick come on the kick you know where it's just like (laughs) step back this is gonna be good you believe in your output and your output output as three heads but it can be terrifyingly hard (laughs) and personal yeah because it is so so intertwined exactly it's hard because like it's not just like a professional thing getting together when like you're on set and like you're pissed at the dp it's Mm -hmm. because like if you if you only have a professional relationship then you can be like you're acting like a fucking asshole you need to stop it but because we've all been friends for so long and there's been so many different um like wounds it's it does make for like sometimes like in rehearsal it's not just a moment of like um why didn't you like it when I turned there? It's like, how come you never support anything that I'm doing? And so it's like, and it's, we're all so fine. But like, it's, it, <laughs> there's like some days where it's like, maybe we should go have coffee after this or something. So it's, it's interesting. But I don't know if that's like as particular to women as it is to like the three of us having been Friend, friends for so for long. For so long. Yeah. We, I think we take turns like one person being like, Oh my God! Nobody knows the right thing to do except for me, (laughs) (laughs) and it's and it's so much of the time it's like odd man out, and like you just like are watching the other two being like, "This is the best thing." You don't know what you're talking about, and you're like, "I am an idiot." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because underneath the like, "I'm the best," it's like, "Oh no, I'm the worst." Yeah, Yeah. shit. Yeah. When you can look back at it and you're not, you know, like breaking apart inside, mm-hmm. it's like, oh my God, of course. I'm of, still here. Of course I'm yeah. still here. These are the only people I, you know, want to be here with. Yeah, I can't yeah. imagine any, you know, any other way. And that's, I think that's rare. And I think mm-hmm. I'm, you know, yeah. I'm totally so grateful that yeah. that's, oh, cool. These humans are so worth it. instincts that the two of them have are just like I'm completely behind even if they're they're not mine and I don't necessarily agree with it it's like I know that that's coming from a place I trust Mm -hmm. essentially even though I'm not maybe in agreement Mm -hmm. but that's like the coolest thing where it's just we kept validating each other and it was like a very safe just in in the sense of like oh sensitive and vulnerable Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. That, I feel like, is a rare thing where you can just, you just trust, like, instincts. 
When you asked what we would put out, what we're hoping to represent to... Yeah, if other women are out there collaborating and or want to collaborate. like oh, yeah. yeah, I've Always. never thought about that, actually. In a, in a way, I feel like we are very insular, <laughs> where it's like, oh, we're just doing it because, cause like, whatever. We love it. But, geez, I don't, it I takes, don't know. It, it takes me a minute to step back and be like, oh, yeah, we are three women doing something. What does yeah. that look like to anybody else? Yeah. I'm not thinking for, about gender ever, unless you have to, like, defend yourself, I feel like, you know. So whenever people are like, as a woman, you're like, as a what? Um, <laughs> or, like, we're because we're working in a trio of women in comedy, when we're doing anything about, like, nudity or sexuality or something there's something that we don't have to worry about because it's the three of us in a room but like when men are asking you to do something like do something girl like you know but be sexy it's you just want to be like no i will not i won't because you're you have no idea you're asking for a fraction of what these people can do and so when we're putting those same things upon ourselves there's uh, like such freedom you just sort of come together it's it's felt so organic this whole time that mm-hmm. like it's weird to be like just find your friends like that's like I don't know what to say you just stick with them because well you find the language yeah it's yeah. like it's, it's like I feel like the luckiest person mm-hmm. you know like that both I found these guys and that they want you know to hang out with me and make stuff with Likewise, me you know like it's yeah. mm-hmm. It's so funny there when I was shooting something, I was staying with his family and this girl is wants to be an actress. And so they were just asking me questions. I'm like, just do the thing you need to do. Just keep making. Don't wait until somebody tells you to make something or gives you an opportunity. Make the opportunity Mm -hmm. with the people that you feel the most comfortable making it with. And Mm -hmm. I just because it was so organic, I think we didn't have to think about it. It's Mm -hmm. true. So it's just like, (gasps) yeah, it's it's so great. (laughs) And that we're um. Like, we didn't know this was going to be what it is, mm-hmm. but it, it felt, even though it was undefined and it was, like, for, it, was, it wasn't a priority at a time, but, but it always, like, kept happening. It's, it's really great that, you, that we just stuck to it. So whatever that feeling is, like, it was great to just have, just keep going. Thank you to Cocoon Central Dance Team, Eleanor Pienta, Tally Medell, and Sunita Mani. We've never met anyone like you, and we feel lucky to have gotten the chance to do so. We can't wait to see what you come up with next. Visit our website, shedoespodcast.com, to find links to videos we mentioned in this episode and tons more we didn't. They're definitely worth watching, and you've got to see the moves these girls have and the faces they make. It's just brilliant. This show is a product of Slate's Panoply Network, and this episode was produced by us, Sarah Ginsberg, Andy Lane Sheldon, sound recording by Henry Miloski at Panoply, and sound design by Billy Rasnick. The music you heard in this episode is by the Daddios, a lo-fi garage doo-wop duo made of two girls named Kylie who've been making music together since middle school. Tune in next week for an episode with them. Thank you to our partner, Filmmaker Magazine, and our friends of our independent music news. And in case you missed it, back in December, we released our very own compilation album with Independent Music News. It's called She Music, and it features many of the musicians that soundtracked our episodes over the past year. It costs less than five bucks on Bandcamp, and all proceeds go to Girls Rock Camp Alliance. Visit our website, shedoespodcast.com slash music to hear and buy it. Thank you for listening to She Does. Um, I'm hot. I feel like I'm going to have a hot flash.
gosh. Uh, yeah. Oh, it is really hot. <laughs> okay. Sorry, guys. There's three people. There's I know. so much to no, say. No, I want to be like, fabulous. That was awesome. <laughs> it's perfect. Oh, good. <laughs> Could you hear us? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>